Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at All Day Packers. And I'm joined by Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. We are coming back to you after another Packers victory, this time on Christmas Day over the Cleveland Browns. It was narrow. It was a nail biter. It got really ugly in the second half. But there's lots to, lots to celebrate other than just the win. Rodgers breaking records, Devontae breaking records. It was a feel-good story in that first half. Braun, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Griff. What a game. Uh, crazy Christmas Day game that we had, and it's exciting to get another win in the column. And we're trucking along here, trying to get that number one seed. We're going to get into all the details of that and more in this episode of Today in Titletown, your favorite Packers podcast. Isn't that right, Griff? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, I actually hate that podcast, honestly. <laughs> do you listen to the podcast, Ron? I do, yeah, because I love hearing yeah. the sound of my own voice. Mm, yeah, it's a, that's usually what people avoid their own podcast for, but uh, I, I, I edit the podcast, so I have kind of gotten used to my own voice. But I was going to say, I was really hoping that this game would get delayed from Christmas Day. Not just for the players to be able to spend time with their families, but for me to spend be able to spend time with my family because I've got a girlfriend. I got to go to her house. I got to go to my own house. I got to spend time with my grandparents. I had to go to my girlfriend's grandma's house. It was a very packed Saturday, and uh, it, the Packers they were just. It was stressful. I didn't. I really didn't need the stress of the Packers on that day. But you know, it was fun. It was nice. I kind of liked it. You know, I liked the Packers playing on Christmas. It was fun. But I do feel bad for these guys not being able to spend Christmas with their families. But at least they got to spend the morning together and open all of Santa's gifts. Braun, speaking of Santa, what did what did the big man bring you? Well, uh, a lot of the the gifts that I got um, had to do with the fact that I am now officially an owner of the Green Bay Packers. Um, so my Packers gifts came in the form of a shirt that says I am a shareholder. I also got a sign that says I own a piece of the pack and I, uh, I have a frame coming in the mail, um, that will hold my, my certificate of ownership. So that was, uh, that was good to be now an owner of the team and to be able to make the moves and decisions, you know, is important to me too. So I'm excited about everything that comes with being an owner. Um, and also the revenue shares that I get and um, the chance to sign and acquire players is exciting as well. So I'm looking forward. <laughs> yeah, you're one step closer to your dream position as general manager. You're getting there, Bron, moving, moving your way up. I got my mom got me very generously the uh, greatest story in sports, that four volume book set that uh, the recently added to the pro shop. I started reading the first volume. It's really, really interesting. Written by Cliff Crystal. He's been the team historian for several years. He's he's a great mind, and he really, really did his research. Like, they're quoting... I'm not very far into it yet, but they're quoting letters that Curly Lambeau sent to his girlfriend while he was in Notre Dame. At Notre Dame. It was, it's, just, it's just crazy. The level of attention to detail that crystal really went through in this book series it's really you know, really fascinating griff, griff in that in that um i don't know if people know a lot of people i'm sure know about the uh the 100 seasons documentary they were doing that same thing with the uh with the curly lambo one of uh, a quick little portion of that first um the the first uh of the 10 uh of the docu series there was a portion about a letter that he wrote to his girlfriend which was yeah isn't that so cool that kind of stuff I mean, the history of the team dating back to like when guys were playing for free and just playing for the love of the game and all the just every all the turmoil that they went through to get the Packers to become what they are now. So cool. And, and I, I can't even imagine what it's like in book form as well. 
It's crazy, man. It's the the fact that this the first Packers team was just like the best of alumni of Western East Green Bay High School, and the fact that those high schools like they still exist and they're still rivals, and it's just crazy. It's such a special town, Green Bay. Did you know it was the first town, this first civilization in the state of Wisconsin? I didn't know that. Pretty crazy. But um, I also got you know non-Packer related. I'm colorblind. I'm red green colorblind. I got colorblind glasses, so I got to see the color red for the first time. That was pretty cool. Red is a very gorgeous color, I'd say, and it's pretty pretty upsetting to take my take my glasses off and come inside and watch the Packer game where, you know, I'm I'm kind of subjected to the ugly paleness of what is my standard vision. But the glasses don't work indoors, so not much I could do about that. But that was awesome. Anything anything else fun you got, Bron? Did you get cash? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, well, not that, I don't think people really care about our Christmas gifts, Griff. Yours was a I nice do. story. Yours, I, hey, well, it's Christmas, you do. Man. It's the yeah, holiday you season. Might. Yeah, it's the holiday think, season, bro. It really is. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. But uh, I think you had a nice little story there about your first time seeing red. That's that's a really nice story. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was, that must be special. It's a, good color. It's a yeah. good color. You all, you know, if that's that's got to be crazy. You know, people, it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around that. I can't even yeah. imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sad, pretty depressing. Uh, anyways, yeah, back well, to football. We this all game... feel for you, buddy. We all love you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, this game. <laughs> It was it was not very fun, I have to say. It was really the second half was just pull your hair out ugly and luckily Baker Mayfield is just Pull terrible. your hair out ugly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that is how I would describe this second half, dude. It was it was just so bad, especially compared to the first half where we were going up and down the field and just in the second half it looked like 2019 again. It was what happened? Why can we not just get four quarters of elite offense from this team and the defense don't even get me started. What happened to them, man? This is literally 2019 with the run defense and the offensive woes. It's like, what happened to this team? What happened to them in the second half? Yeah, Griff, the defense did not play well, obviously, and it sucks. I mean, I was warning everybody about the big plays, and I was concerned. You know, I definitely had a level of concern about the way we were playing on defense, and we were winning a lot of close games. And, you know, that's not a bad thing to win a game, even if it's close. But you get concerned about the way the defense falls down the stretch or is allowing big plays throughout the game. Or in this game, we can't stop the run in the slightest. And we are allowing some big plays as well, third and 16 conversions and whatnot. But then, you know, the only reason we won this game is because we got four interceptions on defense, despite all the awful defensive play that was going on. Those four picks just absolutely erased everything else that could have gone bad. Um, and that total, was true in 2019, man. Remember 2019? Teams were all going the up and down the field, and we just got so many turnovers. And that's that's concerning because turnovers are noisy. Like, they're not consistent year to year. They're not consistent week to week, even though they have been so far this season. Like, you, you, we're not guaranteed turnovers every game. So it's this defense is really concerning. What's the score without two of those picks? I don't know. Well, let's say you take two of those picks away, right? We certainly can't be going out on, on offense going three and out two or three times um that's for sure and that's the other thing the offense in the second half was just so bad and I I think it's because Matt LaFleur just wanted to run the ball a lot like this this is uh this after the field goal to open the third quarter this is our offensive play calling we go end around to equanimous for negative 10 yards I mean that puts us in a hole but then we go incomplete pass nine yard gain on third and 20 and then we punt so we get the ball back. We go, this is the worst drive of the game by far. We go run, 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 punt. Oh, the run, 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 punt. Those drives, worst in NFL history. And then we go 
pass, run, incomplete, pass, incomplete, with two drops in there from Devontae. So, I, I mean, it's not just the fact that we were running. I'm, I'm, you know, in theory, I'm not so against running the ball, but I like running the ball in rhythm. I like creative run calls. I like run calls sprinkled in with play action. It, it was none of that. It was just like a commitment to the run game, and we saw it last week too against the worst pass defense in the NFL in the Baltimore Ravens just the commitment to run it down their throat is so strange I don't get why we do that when we have this is our starting five to open the game uh Yash Nyman John Runyon Lucas Patrick Royce Newman and Dennis Kelly like why why would we ever commit to running the ball with that starting five offensive lineman who's the best run blocker there is it Lucas Patrick because remember 10 weeks ago, we were talking about him being our worst player. I mean, now he, he's maybe our best run blocker. I, that's a problem. I don't I don't know why we don't just, you know, Rodgers and Devontae, they both criticized the, the, the play calling, the conservative play calling. They took their foot off the gas. This could have been a legendary game for number 12. He broke the record for most touchdown passes in Packers history. He and Devontae broke the, the record for most touchdowns between a quarterback and receiver in Packers history. It could have been an all-time game for both of those guys, but because they had Rodgers had three touchdowns in the in the first half, Devontae had two. I'm yeah, I'm correct there. I mean, this could have been an insane game for both of them, one that every Packer fan would remember on Christmas. And instead, it just got so ugly, and we scored three points the entire second half. So, I mean, I'm sure things will be different next week because I don't think Rodgers wants to play that way, and I don't think Lafleur wants to play that way either. Yeah, well, think about it. I mean, let's talk about it philosophically, Griff. You run the football, why? Because you have a guaranteed opportunity to gain some level of yardage because you're the ball is not there's there's zero opportunity for the ball to not be placed in someone's hands with a chance to gain yardage. You pass the ball because it's a risk versus reward factor where it's you may not complete the pass and you could be stuck right back where you started, but the chance to gain more yardage is optimal in some cases. That's really and that's just the basic of run versus pass. Matt LaFleur said that he fights the urge to pass the ball on every play because he has Aaron Rodgers. I think like you say um, they're going to probably go back to the drawing board, and we should see a lot of throwing the ball this week, especially uh, against this Viking secondary where their cornerbacks struggle mightily on a weekly basis. And, you know, they have good safety play with Harrison Smith, but, you know, Rodgers knows him well, and, and he's played well against him over the years, even though that's a good player. Um, I do feel like they're going to try to throw the ball a little bit more often um, this week against Minnesota. Yeah, I certainly hope so because it's it's not just the fact that they're calling run plays, but it's the fact that the the commitment to it when we have such a bad offensive line. I mean, I get it if you're uh, if you're a team like the 49ers or even the Cleveland Browns, where your offensive line, though injured, is still one of the best in the football in the National Football League, and and you can you can just move people along the front. You got true road graders up there. We we do not have that, so I don't. I I'm totally. Would I be totally fine with a pass play on every single play? Maybe, maybe I would be. I mean, I think I would be. I would certainly be interested in how many points we can score that way, because especially in games like the Browns game, where just Rodgers is so on point with every throw, and they are not. It's so funny that the Ravens were so committed to double and triple covering Devontae, and the Browns were like, "Yeah, let's not do that. Let's just you know one on one coverage the entire game." Poor Denzel Ward. But I'm when in a, in a game where Devontae is roasting everyone who's put in front of him, and Rodgers is so on point. 
I, why not just throw it, throw it in over and over and over again? I would have been so okay with that. I don't know. I'm sure it's regrettable, or I'm sure Lafleur regrets it. Rodgers and Devontae are definitely not happy about that, but at least we got the win. At least Baker Mayfield is a bad quarterback. I definitely, I'm a little worried because obviously we need to win this game and the next game after that. Um, I just, I wish we were playing better football on defense right now. And I think we need to start. We just haven't found it yet. And we don't have that much time to find it. You know, when, when are we going to play that complete game of dominant defense, excellent offense and special teams can actually be competent as well. Like when is that going to happen? That's my question. We're running out of chances to do it before the playoffs. We only, it only takes one game to get out of the playoffs. I mean, you know, we always talk about how Matt LaFleur in back-to-back games, he's never done it. He's never lost back-to-back games, right? And the thing about the playoffs is you don't need to lose back-to-back games to lose a full season of work put into something to try to win a Super Bowl. All it takes is one game. That's why the bye is so important. We don't have a, We can't lose anymore. We can't lose a game. We just can't do it. And we have to figure out how to maximize our chance to win every single football game remaining, whether we have to, you know what I mean? Whether we have to do it next week and then maybe we don't have to beat the Lions, but we have to beat, we have to win a lot of games still. We still have a lot of games to win and we have to figure out the ones that we're going to be playing our starters. We have to figure out how we can do that and maximize our chances. And it starts by fixing everything we can on special teams, which it played a little bit better last week. Amari Rogers had a really nice week on special teams for sure. But we need to figure out what's going on on defense, and we need to start playing the same level of offense for a full four-quarter game. And that, to me, that's that's the key to our success moving forward. Let me draw some comparisons here. So last year, you could argue, you know, we had a lot of those types of games last season where the defense and the offense, just four quarters of absolute dominance. But, uh, you know, last year, I'd say the Titans game was maybe our most well-rounded, you know, four-quarter game on both sides of the ball. Uh, that was the second-to-last game of the season at home on Sunday Night Football. What do we have coming up? Second-to-last game of the season at home on Sunday Night Football against the Minnesota Vikings, who beat us this season. So there is certainly some bad blood between these teams. And, you know, the Packers, they don't want to get swept by the Vikings. I don't want to get swept by the Vikings. So I think that there's a chance that seeing what happened against the Browns when there's just a commitment to the the ground game and – I don't know, maybe Joe Barry makes some adjustments of his own to play differently because there was a lot of bad games from a lot of people on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe there's just uh, enough adjustments to be made where this is the explosion that we're looking for this this week against Minnesota. That would certainly be nice because I hate the Vikings. Well, I hate them too, Griff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hate them. So not much else to say about that. Yeah, not much else to say about that. What do you want to move to here? We got a lot to talk about here. Do you want to talk about Rodgers, his MVP chances here for the second straight week in a row? Can we spend 20 minutes on this? Because right now he's the betting favorite. I think he's, I just told you before we started this, I think he's minus 110 maybe, maybe minus Mm, 160. More. But he's the favorite. Yes. Yeah, he's he's the the favorite. favorite. I mean, first time all year he's been the favorite. Heavy favorite. Like he's in the minuses. And Tom Brady is tied with Jonathan Taylor. And I don't know. I still feel like there's just no chance that they give it to Jonathan Taylor. Nothing against Taylor, you know, Wisconsin running back, but – they're just not going to give it to a running back. There's just no way. Like, they're never well, going to give it to a non-quarterback, let alone a running back, you know? Derrick Henry had a better season last year and didn't get it. I don't see why Jonathan uh, I don't think that's a fair argument. I don't think that's well, a fair I argument. I think it is a fair argument. Also, Derrick Henry was having a better year than him until he got hurt. I think that's a fair argument, honestly. Yeah, but there's there's no 2020 Rodgers this year. 2021 Rodgers is pretty close. 
<laughs> he's pretty close. This last month he has been. It's weird that, you know, like, Rodgers and Brady have actually had really similar seasons where, you know, for the be- at the beginning of the season, Brady was playing stat-wise, at least, and, you know, the eye test, too. He was playing, he was playing really well at the beginning of the season. And then ever since, I don't know, what the middle of the season at some point he's just looked bad in a lot of games and his good games have just not not been as good as what he looked like earlier this season where with Rodgers that is backwards where the beginning of the season he was he was good but he looked bad in a couple games and his his ceiling wasn't very high and then ever since week 10 it's just been absolute dominance and he's looked like the clear-cut MVP so but you know recency bias is a thing as we talked about last week it is a thing with the voters where is some your court your play as a quarterback in December matters more than in September and you know that's pretty valid I think as you get closer to the playoffs games get more important so I think that gives Rodgers the edge there but Brady I mean I didn't watch the Panthers game did you watch the Panthers game because his stats he threw one touchdown you know a little over 200 yards I don't know Rodgers still has the edge in most statistics and he's getting closer in touchdowns too he's getting closer in touchdowns only down well Rodgers has Rodgers has one less game than Brady played yeah, one less game so like I mentioned last week as well. So, I mean, I don't really care about how many touchdowns Brady has. Also, Brady's thrown the ball like 300 more times than Rodgers has. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. And Rodgers is the only quarterback in NFL history that doesn't turn the ball over. That's also true. Yeah, (laughs) he just doesn't. When was his last pick? Week 10 against the Seahawks, right? I mean, it's crazy. He doesn't even fumble either. No, no, he doesn't doesn't fumble fumble either. He's got hands of, I don't know, hands of what? Glue? Hands of steel. I always think of hands of steel, wouldn't that? I don't know. Uh, I always think of that that hit against Dallas in uh, the twenty sixteen playoffs. You know, it was the same drive as the Jared Cook catch on the sideline. He gets rocked by who? Who is it? Jeff Heath. He gets rocked by Jeff Heath, and he's got he, the ball in his he's one hand. Got the ball in his one hand, and he hangs on. And then he just turns around, calls timeout. Smoothest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. He is such a good quarterback. What a pl- that was the most that was one of the biggest plays of that playoff game, dude. That was one it of the was. biggest plays. If he fumbles there, Dallas recovers, they're in field goal range, they win it. But he's Aaron Rodgers. But he's Aaron And Rodgers. he just wasn't gonna let it happen. <laughs> no. So he doesn't turn the ball over, he doesn't fumble, doesn't throw picks. I mean, he's incredible. He's now overtaken. What can't this guy do? Um <laughs> uh, uh, I know what Instagram commenters would say. Yeah, I'm sure you do too. But uh he he's now overtaken Brett Favre and most touchdown passes in Packers history. And so, and do you know the exact figure of how many less, fewer games he's done it in? Because I did the whole like video on it a few weeks ago, or that was actually a couple months ago now. Time flies, but he's done it. He's been so much more productive than Favre, and he's been way more efficient than Favre. And I'm sure, you know, I wasn't around for the Favre days, but just imagine being a Packers fan back then thinking, wow, we've had one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. He's been playing for us for so long, and I'm so grateful to have watched his quarterback for so long. And then you have this guy, Aaron Rodgers, who you think nothing of, and you boo for his first opening home game, and then he turns out to be even better than Favre. How lucky is this franchise? Maybe they have that in Jordan Love. Let's not talk about that, Bron. I know you're very passionate about that. Don't. I mean, they are just – this is – it's incredible, the the run of quarterbacking that this franchise has been on to get a guy who's even better than one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. And Rodgers, what a play to do it to. Uh, that, that throw to Lazard, the laser to Lazard, perfect timing on the out route. And Lazard takes it the way home. I would have rather that had been Devontae. You know, I was hoping I was hoping for the the Devontae, uh, two birds, one stone record breaker there. But hey, good for Lazard. 
would have been a special moment, but I like everybody sharing the love, of course. You, you always love to see that. I think Lazar definitely deserves it, and it's a it's going to be a connection builder between those two that I think is even more valuable than what it would bring to really the perfect connection between Rodgers and Devontae. I think this helps us just from a mental standpoint. I think it builds their bond and the trust that Rodgers has in Lazard. I think that's a factor as well. So I I, I like Lazard getting that ball and, and getting closer to Rodgers on and off the field. Let's do a fun bit of trivia, Bron. Do you know who caught Rodgers' 100th touchdown? Wow. On the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, was it Greg? No. It was... Okay. I'll give you one more guess. I'll give you one more guess. Corey Hall. <laughs> James Jones. And he threw it up in the stands. Uh, how about um how about two hundred? Wow, this this is tough. I I used to you know, know this. this? I, th- yeah, I used I thought, to know I these. thought you used to know this. I did, and then I forgot. Um Corey Hall again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll give you a hint. It was in 2014. It wasn't Jordy. Uh, nope. Wait, this is number two. Oh, Devontae. Devontae, yes. yes. Do you know what okay. do you know what happened to that football? Uh that went in the stands as well, I believe. No, I think that's in Devontae's shelf because I think it was his first career touchdown. Oh yeah, that was his first. No, no, right. no. Maybe that one went in the stands because number three hundred, you know who that was? Um I, w- I do. I remember that one. Uh oh yeah? Wait, give me a minute. It was in 2017. In, yes, 2017. Oh my gosh. That was was that against Atlanta? It was. Week two. We got blown out. We got blown wow. out a lot back in the day. <laughs> wow. When was the last time we got blown out? Never uh, mind. Week one. Week one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you forget about that one? Just like I forgot about who this I okay, hold on. Give me one oh my second. God. I don't want to sit around all day waiting for okay, you. Okay, what's it start with? What's it start with? What's first? It starts name? with T. Not Trevor Davis. No, it's not Trevor Davis. Okay, give me one more then, because he's caught touchdowns before. T. Okay. T T T T T. What's his last name start with? Oh my god. M. Oh, wow, come I'm feel on, like an dude. idiot after oh this. Oh my you are. The first oh. name's two letters. Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery. Now, back uh, to hey, what I, I was what, saying. What was more impressive? The fact that I didn't know that well, that's not impressive, but the fact I did know the game. You didn't know the game. I don't know how you knew <laughs> how did you know the game, but not the player. I don't know. <laughs> that's interesting. No, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Ty Montgomery ended up keeping that ball. Because it was something I don't know if it, it couldn't have been his first touchdown. I don't, I don't know, know but, but I feel like he can we talk about ball. can we talk about how you can literally look at a picture from any game and tell me what game it was, what year, and what week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is that some kind of mental disorder? I no, I don't brag, it's a, it's, but I think I have photographic memory. You I mean, do, I'm being and honest. you're like Aaron like that I'm way. Right. You're like Aaron that way. I mean, I'm like Aaron in a lot of ways. You've never seen me throw, Bron. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, four hundred. Do you know who caught that one? Oh, I don't know. Oh, jeez. Do you really Devante. not know? Yeah, I, okay. You don't get to be sarcastic when you didn't know any of the first three. I did um, know the second one. Oh, you knew Devontae. <laughs> the only reason oh, you know geez. the only reason I remember those so well is because I remember Aaron saying first the two hundred and now the four hundredth or whatever in that video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyways, 443, that goes to Lazard. Do you know where that go, Where that ball is going? To Brett I'm Favre's grandson. Isn't that weird? That's Don't weird. test me, Griff. My knowledge does, is impeccable. 
why does Rodgers not keep these balls? I mean, Brett Favre's grandson, he Parker? He doesn't. Parker what is he going to do with it? Parker you know what? Favre? <laughs> Griff, Aaron Rodgers, doesn't, he doesn't go to the Pro Bowl. He can live without a football on his show. Did shelf. he lose a bet or something, dude? He gets like, This what? guy gets invited to the Pro Come on, man. This guy goes to the Pro Bowl every year. He gets invited to the Pro Bowl every year and never goes to the Pro Bowl. He couldn't care less. Yeah, no one does. The Pro Bowl sucks. Who wants to go to the Pro Bowl? Most guys that are bad do. Uh, okay. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. Guys that, guys, yeah, Mitch went. Right, Some guys are just you... like, I'm never going to get invited to this thing again. I better go. Okay, we're about 30 minutes into this. I'm going to tell you about a live bet I have during this Dolphin Saint game. So I live in Florida. Sports betting is not legal. I have to do things like monkey knife fight. So I have a parlay between Alvin Kamara under on the rushing yards. He's at 52. He's got to stay under like 65. Miles Gaskin under on the rushing yards. He's got to go under 33. He's at 10 yards. That's looking good. And the only thing here is Mike Gusecki's got to go over three and a half receptions. He's at three. So I might have some eyes on this game right here because this is 25 bucks on the line, dude. Only five bucks that I would lose, but 25 to win. I could use 25 bucks. Do you care about that? Do I care about sports betting? No. Do you care about my bet specifically? No. I got to know if the listeners care. Well, the listeners can't. I think I speak for all the listeners when I say, let's get back to Packers football. I don't really care about sports <laughs> betting, especially <Okay>. your money. <laughs> <laughs> that was to make up for the amount of times you told me about your fantasy team. when I In fact, really... Griff, I'm rooting for you <laughs> really to lose your money care. here. I'm rooting for you oh, to yeah. lose your money here, actually. Okay. Uh, what do we want to talk about in this Packers game, Ron? How about Matt LaFleur having 38 wins in his first three seasons? Three 12-plus win – I messed that up. Three 12-plus win seasons in a row. That's pretty crazy. First uh, Packers coach to do that. Or, or I think that's – First the, coach ever? Yeah. Yeah, first coach first ever coach to ever. do that, right? Wait until yeah, he gets yeah, to 14. Wait until he gets to 14. <laughs> He'll be the first. Yeah, whatever. He'll be the. No, he will be the first coach to go fourteen and three ever. Matt Lafleur is such a great leader of men. Like he is, he's truly, truly like one of those guys at the head coaching spot that we just don't have in this league. Um, he 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 has a great sense of what the players want, and he's willing to communicate with the players. And he's a perfect balance of the front office side of of football and the player side of football. And his you know his age has a lot to do with it, but. He's just a great communicator, and he cares about people and the relationships that matter. And that relates to everything what happens on the field because everybody at this level knows football, right? But not everybody has a sense of what to be, you know, what? where are you as a human uh, when you're in a position of power? And Matt LaFleur takes it so gracefully and, and does everything the right way, and that's led to his success. And, and the fact that we have him and Rodgers at the helm of this team hopefully for many years to come is super exciting. Yeah, he's a great coach. We've talked about that so many times before, but he's he's a fantastic coach. The only thing is his press conferences, they dri- I know they drive you crazy. They drive me up the wall. Speaking of today, he every week he's asked about Bakhtiari, Zadarius, Jair, Josh Myers, and he gives no information. Guy, I, I want to know about the team. I want to know when these guys are coming back. <laughs> I just want to know because it's getting concerning Wait, you know what, at Griff, this point. It is, Griff. Why don't you – all right, ask, I'll be Matt LaFleur. You ask me a question about a player, and I'll be Matt. I'll answer the question. Okay, this. No, okay. Um, hey, Matt, uh, Bakhtiari's been practicing since about week eight. Why is he not on the field yet? Hey, look, guys. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see what happens there. I mean, we love David. He's a great player, you know, and he's doing everything in his power to get it back out there. Um, so we'll see on David. <laughs> 
Bravo. Ask, me about, ask me about Jair. Ask me about Jair. Ask me if we're going to activate Jair by Wednesday. I love the subtlety with the well, 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 well <laughs> the slight stutter. Ask me about Jair. So Jair, he's been practicing for a few weeks now, and you've been talking about getting him back before the playoffs, but the playoffs are coming up on us, and he's still not on the field. Any any update on that? Yeah, guys, look, uh, it with Jair, um, you know, he's a, he's a superstar in this league. He's one of the best cornerbacks in this league, and he's so valuable to this football team. And, you know, he's a rock star out there. I mean, this guy, he, he's an alpha on this football team, and he means so much to the locker room. Um, so in terms of Wednesday's deadline, we'll see. <laughs> Like he'll just say oh, everything yeah. he can. He'll. See, I. I've said this a million times. He's the absolute king of saying the most while saying absolutely nothing. He says nothing. Yes. But yeah, he, but he thinks it's. It, he he loves the idea that it gives some kind of competitive advantage to not know if guys are going to be coming back while leaving our emotions in the balance. But who are we really? I mean, I guess he doesn't care, but it does hurt. It does hurt. It's just annoying. That's. It's just so annoying. Um, Especially to us, we're supposed to be covering the team. People ask us questions every day. This you know is our questions job, I get every day, every single day. Anything on Jair is ja- is 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 Z coming back? I is know, Josh Myers man. coming off IR? And I, I mean, I don't know. Our head coach doesn't <laughs> know a thing know. about it. I don't. I know. don't even our know. What only to say source to of people. information is Matt Lafleur, who doesn't say sh- who doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, every week we ask for fan questions on our Instagram story. By the way, make sure to give us fan questions on our Instagram stories. We ask for them every week. And, you know, half the questions are about one of those three guys. I don't know. Stop asking. <laughs> I don't know. So quit asking. <laughs> That's a deep cut. No, it's not a deep cut. That's actually a very common meme. But, you know, great reference there. But, yeah, I don't know. No one knows. I wish Matt LaFleur knew. I, well, I think he – You do it, maybe he doesn't know. Is that a maybe. possibility? I don't know. Nah, he of course he knows. Come on. I mean, we've got we've got Zedarius posting on Instagram week thirteen about something like uh, it's about that's it. It's it's about that time, and you know, Jair's in the back corner, so everyone's like, "Oh, are both of them gonna be back for the Bears game?" It's like Z isn't even practicing yet. So I'm just hoping David Bakhtiari can be back for week one against the Saints. Remember when we, that's what we all thought. Oh man. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, there's a chance. Oh man, he's on the pup list to start the season. I Damn, didn't think that was gonna happen. That sucks. Man, he's if gonna he be out six weeks. Season, six if, weeks, man. If, if David doesn't play this season, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, it's looking like that's a possibility here. And here in uh, week this. seventeen. Isn't it weird that it's week seventeen? It's not the end. Of the oh my gosh! You know, who, I mean, Z Z literally isn't practicing yet. What and is I? What? How is he gonna play? I don't he has know. To, dude. He has to come off IR. Yeah, and then they have the three know. week window. Why isn't he? Know. Is he coming back? They think he's coming back. Like, what's going Why on? Why is he not at least off of IR yet? What if they he's don't saying... bring what? You know what would be the worst thing if they just revert Jair back to IR, don't activate him to the 53 this week. If they do that, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's not going to be pretty for everybody in that building. They wouldn't do that, right? I don't know. Matt LaFleur literally said today, he said, we'll see Wednesday. Like I I jokingly mocked him, he he said, when somebody asked him, are are you guys going to activate Jair 
at the deadline Wednesday for him to be back. Otherwise, he reverts back to IR for the rest of the year. And he literally said, we'll see Wednesday. That was the quote. Yeah, that's something. I mean, I think, you know, this medical staff is known for being, obviously, it's known for being the one of the more conservative staffs in, in the league. We've seen guys, like, remember last year, it was week four before we played the Falcons. Devontae, he had a turf toe injury that he suffered week two. He was out week three. Week four, it was a Monday night game against the Falcons. We're all hoping that he's able to play. And we're all thinking that he's probably going to play. And then it's the morning of, he tweets out and then later deletes. Sorry, guys. I guess some people think they know my body better than I do myself. Won't be out there tonight. Then he deletes it. But it's like, it's probably so annoying for some of these guys to just think like I'm sure Z by the way he posts on Instagram I'm sure he thinks he's ready to go out there tomorrow and play but this this medical staff for better or for worse probably for better probably keeps a lot of guys healthy throughout their careers but it's very irritating as a fan and you know it's like we're getting so these games matter so much they mean so much maybe we should have some of these guys out there but I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Clearly, and thank God for that. Anyway, yeah, I mean, with David, I think it's super important that he gets back. But then again, like, the scenario is, if he doesn't come back in these next two weeks, do we throw him out there after the bye week in our playoff game to try to warm up to the 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 speed of the game again? I don't think that's a great idea. Maybe with Jair it's a little easier, but when you're playing left tackle against a team like maybe the Cardinals or, you know, whoever, the Bucks, the Rams, whoever it is with their pass rushers that those teams have. Like, do we really want to see that? Is that a good idea? I don't know. But also, it's a, it's a balance. It's really tough to say. But I really don't know. It's just aggravating because we have hope for all these guys to come back, and we've been banking on the fact that we're going to get three all-pros back to this team, and it's going to make us even better. And the way that the defense has been playing the last few weeks – you feel like now you need to get Z back and you need to get Jair back to mitigate some of the issues we're having at this moment now. And now that's not even a guarantee. And we could be in a situation where it's, we have to rely on Kevin King at some point again, or we have to continue to hope that Jonathan Garvin can play snaps at a decent level. And Yash Nyman and, and these guys undrafted free agents can continue to hold up on the offensive line. It's really tough. We're in a tough spot. Can we go into a playoff game? Can we go into the Super Bowl with the offensive line that we have right now and win? Maybe, maybe not. Well, I guess we'll see. But hopefully we can get Bill Turner back, who Matt LaFleur gave great insight on saying, still working through things. That was big. (laughs) And then when he talked about David Bakhtiari, he said they're going to discuss and see if he's going to practice this week. And then he's uh, with Josh Myers. A chance he comes back. Oh my gosh. Oh jeez. Real a insightful chance? stuff. You mean there's a chance? A chance? Yeah, oh. there's a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, but no, it's just aggravating. Uh, so not much else to say about the injuries. It's just unfortunate that we have to kind of deal with this every week and get a million questions about like our, you look at our fan questions like you said Griff and it's literally our the first question I see, are Jair, Zadarius and Bach all supposed to be a guarantee for playoffs? From Amon Thousand. <laughs> Dude, we don't know. We don't know. No idea. Nobody does, and that's the sad truth. Yeah, not even the floor. Do you want to talk about this Vikings game, Griff? Yeah, let's talk about this Vikings game because I hate the Vikings. I say this every time we go we play the Vikings for the past three years. I've said this. I hate the Vikings. I hate them ten times more than I hate the Bears. 
There's no no thing in sports that I hate as much as I hate the Vikings. The Vikings now sitting at seven and eight, Griff. I mean, they're a better football team than their record. We think at least. I mean, think about the fact that they beat us number one, and then the way that Kirk has kind of probably played his best ball of his career. Um, the way Justin Jefferson is playing, you'd think they're better than that seven and eight record, but the, yet they keep losing to teams, and they're now under five hundred. Um, and this is going to be a good game, though. I mean, we have a chance to now get revenge at Lambeau. It's going to be a great setting. And, you know, fun fact about the weather this week, it's looking like the high on Sunday is going to be 14 degrees. Are Griff. you kidding me? Griff, Are you kidding me? We're playing at oh night. Oh, my God. And we're playing oh, at night, yes. Griff. Yes. It's going to this be about, it, man. Griff, it's going to be this about it. one degree. One degrees. One degree. No. <laughs> no way. Oh, my God. This is it, dude. This is it. This is the game I wanted when I went to the Bears game two weeks ago. This We're playing oh, a dome team. Man. Think about it. We're playing a dome team in one degree or degrees. I keep saying which I'll say both yeah, because some say? people. One degrees? One degree? Yeah, that sounds right. One degrees? One deg- I say I, I feel like it's degrees. Who says one degree? What do you say when it's zero? Zero degree, zero degrees. Yeah, you say zero degrees. I'm gonna you say, say one degree. Degrees, so, one degree. so it's one degree. It's just like that you would make say. Any sense. I don't think you would say. You would say this quarterback threw one touchdown, but you would say this quarterback threw zero touchdowns. It's just it's the rules of grammar, bro. I just I feel like degrees is different. No, it's not. It's it's degree. This is not good podcasting. I mean, wow. <laughs> what are we talking about? Grammar about lessons with Bron and Griff, and the weather yeah, too. Need to Grammarly sponsor us. Anyways, no. what were we saying? Yeah, a dome team, one degree weather. One degree. Yeah, they're not going to be used to this. Oh, they, they do live in Minnesota. All you know what guys, doesn't sound but... right? One degrees weather. I'm back on the one yeah, degree train. Yeah. You found your answer. You found. Well, you wouldn't say two degrees weather. You would say two degree weather. You would say eighty four degrees. All right, I'm weather. back on the one anyway, degrees so, train. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, this team, they're not going to be used to that. They do live in Minnesota, so it's worse than, like, if this was Tampa Bay coming to us. But this is nice, man, because here I am. It's You know, we were up in Imagine Tom Brady's crippling hands in the one-degree weather. Tom Brady's crippling old skin. He played in New England, but, you know, probably. He's also 49 years old. (laughs) Um, You know, we we were in Milwaukee flying home at the airport, and it was in the 50s that day. I'm not even kidding. It was hot. It was like, what is going on? It was crazy. And, you know, these. it was on Christmas. It was 34. Like, what are we doing here, man? What are we doing? But it's nice that we're finally getting this Frozen Tundra game. Do you remember when the grass late in December, early January, I was talking about this on Christmas with my grandpa. Like, it used the grass used to get so brown, remember? It used to get, like, so dirty looking, and it wasn't green at all. Now it stays green. I think it has to do with what they do to it now. I'm pretty sure now it's half grass, half synthetic. But I don't know. I feel like it's been that way for a long time. Yeah, it used to get so ugly looking. Do you remember this, like 2014? It hasn't. They have. They have definitely changed. I mean, I know a lot about the Lambeau grass for some reason, but they've definitely changed over the years. It is now half, half of the turf, and then half. Of it is real grass. When did they make that but change? The way that when did they, they make that the change? Way that, I don't know when they made the change, but it was it's relatively recent. And they they heat it the, the the drainage that goes on underneath with the filtering systems and whatnot, the sunlight that they're able to do, um, the art of it's artificial sunlight type stuff that they do. It, it's a lot goes into keeping the grass green, 
Um, and yeah, so I mean, the, the it's a much better, it's, uh, it's really a much better foot surfacing than it has been over the years. Um, unlike Chicago, which is still awful, and that's it. That's where it gets really brown. Yeah, that's the low of the low in terms of any football league, and, and even high school pop Warner. Like, I don't think there's a field worse than. I think my backyard has better grass than Soldier Field. Definitely my dad's backyard. Dad's got a good backyard. Yeah, I think I think my grass is better too. But I kind of I kind of miss the aesthetic of those sloppy games with the brown field and Rogers wearing the turtleneck. You know, kind of miss that. But it's probably safer for the players to have have it the way it is now. It's also it's also pretty pretty green. I'm again I'm colorblind, so I really. I'm not used to knowing what it looks like. I really don't know what it looks like because I can't wear my glasses indoors, which sucks. But, you know, uh, one day maybe I'll take him to Lambeau Field next time I go to a game. How's that? But uh, this, in terms of this Vikings game, getting back on track here, uh, I think it should be a winnable game. Last, uh, what was that, week 11 when we lost to them, that was absolutely a winnable game. So we, a winnable game. We just shot ourselves in the foot so many times that game. When you think back to it, we had so many dropped interceptions. I mean, Darnell Savage literally had the game ceiling interception. Well, the game was tied, but you know, we all know what happens if he gets that pick. The game ceiling interception in his hands, and they over t- they go to commercial. Everyone thinking it's a pick, and they come back from commercial, and they they announce that it was overturned. Like that was that was just the worst thing to happen in that game. But there were so many times where Rasul Douglas misplays a sure interception on that last drive. Darnell drops two interceptions beforehand. He gets an interception. It's negated by a roughing the passer call. I mean, and there was so much crap in that game that if it just goes the other way, we're able to win that one. So I think that this one in the one degree weather, one degree weather, one degrees weather to, uh, I think we're just able to get the edge here and it's at home with this team at home, dude, it is absurd. They just don't lose games at home. It's crazy. So I like our chances in this one for sure. Imagine being, I don't know if this would be true Griff, but we would be the first team I, I would imagine since the 19 and 0 dolphins to win every game at home and including the playoffs if we could go all the way and win the Super Bowl. Is that true? Probably. Who else would have done that? No, that's not true. Who else could have done uh, that? Teams have certainly we did it in 2014. We didn't go to the Super Bowl. Oh, you're saying so we'd be the first team to win every home game and win the Super Bowl? We also didn't go to the Super Bowl that year. I'm sure a team has done it. No, we didn't even okay. win, I, we I didn't don't even know what win you're the last game. We didn't even win our NFC. Yeah, it game. wasn't at home though. It wasn't at home. Okay, no, I'm talking about to w- to get through the home field advantage and go all the way through the playoffs. Okay. Going 8-0 okay. in the regular season, getting the bye, going through the playoffs, home field, then going on the, going on to win the Super Bowl or so at least getting be, through. So So we'd be the first team to go 10 and 0 in the same season at home. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. That Well, the Patriots, the Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots. Have they done that? <laughs> well, they didn't win the Super Bowl. Is that is that part of your criteria? The yeah. team has to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, yeah you go. Probably. You go all the way through, you, and then the last game isn't at home, but you win the Super Bowl. This is my yeah. stat. I just made it up, so we're You're, the first. Yeah, it's probably. I'm sure there's a team. <laughs> I'm gonna say um, we're the first to do it. Forget the Dolphins too. The perfect season. Forget okay. them too. We're the first ever to do that. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> first quarterback to ever win four MVPs, probably though. Oh, That's not true. Peyton Manning Peyton has five, but he'd be the only. He'd wait, be the only wait, to win wait, four wait, wait. currently. Peyton has five? Five. Jim Brown oh has three, too. So does Tom Brady. Yeah, I knew that. That's crazy. I didn't know Peyton had five. I thought he had four. Does anyone have four? Nobody. Nobody has four. Wow. 
Well, Rodgers will finish with six, so. Favre has three. He's going to wait for that one. Yeah, three in a row, which is crazy. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Rodgers might get three in a row, maybe four in a row. Kind of an asterisk next to the Favre's three in a row, though, because he split the last one with Barry Sanders. Isn't that weird? Can you imagine if they split between Rodgers and Brady this year? I thought they might do it before Mahomes started. Well, Rodgers kind of took advantage and and ran away with it last year, but people thought they might split it between Mahomes and Rodgers last year. That would have been stupid. Yeah, that would have been. I'd never want to see that again, unless yeah, unless like, they were going to give it here? to unless they were going to give it to split the Lombardi too. Oh gosh, that's a good point. You know, would they ever give the? Have they ever given the Super Bowl MVP to a losing team? No, have they? Once. Yeah, that's yeah. Wait, Google. that's it. That's a Google search away. We're just asking random questions. Yeah, this is good radio. While Griff's googling something, I'm going to read everybody a little Christmas story I wrote. Um, <laughs> you know I read this. I'm going to read the story. Okay, read it. Read it. Read I'm going to read it. Just if, if the season is alive, Griff. Twas the night before Christmas, a Packers story, it's called. Here we go. Twas the night before Christmas and all through Lambeau. Not a creature was stirring, just the droplets of snow. The Lombardies were placed by the chimney with care in the hopes that another would soon be there. The Packers were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of touchdowns danced in their heads. Matt with his eyebrows and Aaron with his stash were designing another touchdown pass. When out on the field, there arose such a clatter. They sprang from their chairs to see what was the matter. When what to their wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, well, they knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. Then up to the rooftop his reindeer they flew, with the sleigh full of gifts, and St. Nicholas too. As they rushed to see Santa while turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He spoke not a word but went straight to his work, and left just one gift, then turned with a jerk. He sprang to his sleigh, and to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. Aaron rushed to the tree and soon followed Matt, they peered at the present that St. Nick had sat. They ripped the gift open, and to their surprise, it was another Lombardi, the ultimate prize. They went to thank Santa for granting their wish, but before they could do it, he left in a swish, though they heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. What do we think, Griff? Is that going to happen? Are we going to get a Lombardi under the tree in February? That's good stuff there, Bron. Chuck Howley intercepted two passes and recovered a fumble in the Super Bowl in 1971, playing for the Dallas Cowboys, who lost to the Baltimore Colts. It's the only time the losing team has ever been given the Super Bowl MVP. 16-13, the final score. I'm guessing not a good, a lot of good play was played in that game. So. Let's, yeah, get the fan questions. Let's get the fan questions. Let's Nobody get the fan questions. Nobody cares about the Colts. Of, we, Nobody cares about the Baltimore Colts, Griff. Do you know what team that is currently? The Baltimore Colts? The Ravens? No. The Browns. I don't I don't know what that team is now. No, I don't think it's the Browns. Okay, I Funny just, thing about cut the Ravens. This out, they, cut this out. Cut this out. Cut this out. Cut this out. Uh, I'm not cutting this out. This is good info. No, the, cut it out. the current Baltimore Ravens are the old Cleveland Browns. It's pretty weird, right? The Cleveland Browns moved, relocated to Baltimore to become the Baltimore Ravens, and then the Cleveland Browns made a comeback. New franchise. Let's get to fan questions. Year four, we're going to have fan questions music. That's on my to-do list next year, It's to have fan questions music, because it's always a rough transition on the show. But give me a fan question, Bron. So the first one comes from Kyle Grazer. He asks, what teams do you think we can beat in other locations? I see some places being problematic, such as Tampa Bay. So he's asking basically if we were to not get the number one seed or just hypothetically, you know, 
even maybe the Super Bowl, we could even bring up the fact that that is in L.A. Um, what would you expect to be an issue for us? Go, I mean, we always talk about Tampa Bay, right? And that's tough. Going to Tampa Bay, any warm weather location, right, Griff? Yeah, going to Florida, not ideal. You know what is ideal? Going to Dallas. So if Dallas gets the number one seed, who cares? It's not even, it's who cares? That's our field anyway. Rodgers is, he's the best quarterback that's ever stepped foot in that stadium. Is there a possibility that the Cardinals or Tampa Bay could get the number one seed? It's like a 4% chance for Tampa and like, well, Cardinals are out of it, yeah. We've practically clinched the number one seed. Well, I mean, not not to count our chickens before they hatch and whatnot, but yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Not to count our chickens, but just give us the trophy. Yep. But I mean, yeah, like I think Griff made a good point about Dallas. We have a lot of success historically against them in the playoffs in their building and in the regular season in their building as well. Even when they've had some really good teams, they went 13 and three and we beat them in their house um, in the divisional round. That's that was a tough ask, and we did it anyway. So to me, that is probably what I look at as the best possible matchup. But that's the good thing. I mean, what is the options are? We play Dallas in the NFC Championship game. Obviously, we want the bye week. The automatic advancing to the next round is so so important. Getting healthier and whatnot as well. But um, you know, the chance to be at home is the key thing. But if we have to go to Dallas, it's not the worst thing in the world. I'd say. I agree. I don't know what it is about that stadium, but Rogers just he loves it there. Rename it Rogers World. Here's a question from Marco underscore 12. Basic question, but who's... No question is too basic for this show. Basic question, but who's coach of the year in MVP? Uh, has Bill lost it after two straight losses? I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Coach of the year is so stupid because it's probably Bill... It should, probably should be Bill Belichick every single year, but it doesn't work like that. So, I don't know. Is it still Bill's year? What do you think? I, I like LaFleur's chances. Again, I said this a couple weeks ago. If he would have won with Jordan Love, I think it would have been all but wrapped up by now. But the the fact that he didn't win, that he lost in his only game without Aaron Rodgers, not a great look. So I don't know. I mean, who's the betting favorite? Let me check that real quick. Bill's the betting favorite by a short amount, but LaFleur is right behind him. Uh, I'm just glad he's finally starting to get some kind of recognition. I don't care if he wins. I mean, I want him to win Coach of the Year, but... I, we need to win the Super Bowl. That's when he'll start getting recognition. Um, that's exactly right. That's Once really all that matters. Because, I mean, like, you know, who the, cares if Bill wins Coach of the Year as a wild card team if we go out and win the Super Bowl? I mean, who's the Coach of the Year then? It's Matt Lafleur. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's like the the thought of being a Super Bowl winning head coach is no, actually, dude, Matt Lafleur's the favorite. It's Lafleur plus one fifty, then Frank Reich, then Zach Taylor, then Belichick. I've seen I've seen Bill as the favorite. Like just today, I saw maybe. I mean, I don't know what sites are maybe different. Whatever. I don't care about betting odds. I hate them. Who? Wh- I hate betting sports betting. I, well, the 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 value it brings is that like, you know this you is want money. It, you know what? This is money. Like it's not emotional. It's not anything like that. This you is know what? Like I've watched us be the favorite betting favorite. For J.J. Watt, Khalil Mack, (laughs) Odell Beckham Jr., name a guy. We've been the favorite for them, and we've never gotten Tyron Matthew. Stephon Gilmore. We were the betting favorite for Allen Robinson. We were the betting favorite for probably just about every player that's ever existed, and we never get them. So I am going to refrain from looking at those, honestly. Somebody asked what what went wrong in week one. Wow. Do we really want to talk about that? Because I don't. What's the point? From JXSUS1X. That's, I mean, why when things are going so well, 
I mean, we know what went wrong. We've talked about this a hundred times. No, it was just we just we just had a flat game. Once you start, it once you're weird. down, once you're down seventeen nothing in the first quarter, I mean, they just gave up. Yeah, that sucks. And it's also the state of Florida, warm weather states. Because throw California in there too. No, no, take California out of there. We've won two in a row there. But um, Griff, you know, why Florida isn't the offense just... closing games? Dingo zero zero asks. Why isn't Dingo? the offense closing? Yeah, Dingo zero zero. I don't know. I have no idea. I wish they would. You know, I mean, it's it's just like it's it's one drive where things go wrong and the defense. I would, I don't know. I tend to put our struggles more so these past two weeks on the defense because it's been bad quarterbacks, Tyler Huntley, Baker Mayfield, and it's it's the run games that have just eaten us alive. It's like it's like Mike Pettin's back at, uh, under headset. What would you say with the headset on the sidelines there instead of Joe Barry? Because it's just these teams are running all over us. And Nick Chubb, he's one of the best running backs in football, so it makes sense that we're going to give up a lot of yards to him. But what was it, nine yards per carry as a team? That is ridiculous, and that we cannot have that because we're going to run into a team probably early on in the playoffs in the divisional round maybe that it's they don't have the best quarterback in the world but they know they can just commit to the ground game and they're going to run right through us that just sounds like a the, lot like san francisco buddy yeah, at that six spot yeah, just exactly oh my god yeah how about that we could literally play san francisco opening round of the playoffs and maybe that gets ugly because the weather doesn't matter in the run game and these guys there's a chance they could just run straight through us so i mean i'm not so worried so much worried about the offense as i am the defense giving up all this yardage on the ground. The reason, we, well, the, the problem is we haven't started off hot. And if we don't start off hot against a team like the Niners, they're going to be able to try to run the ball on us. And that's when it starts getting bad because then the weather factors out the window, the crowd factors out the window because every time they're running the ball, it's just the, the crowd gets silenced. We, if we don't start hot, we can't make them throw the ball. And then it's just, that's where it starts spiraling out of control. The only way we would play the Niners is if they won a game in the playoffs. If like, Let's say we're the one seed. They have to win a game, obviously, against a team like Dallas or a team like Tampa, which is probably, you know, tough to do. And it would be surprising if they went and did that, and it would be concerning as well. But whoever we end up playing, they're going to try to run the ball on us. And But, you know, the funny thing is Joe Barry says that running the ball is his first priority. Stopping the run, I mean, is his first priority. He says that quite a bit. Yeah, well, you wouldn't know. I mean, Kenny Clark comes back, and he's absolutely abusing these backup offensive linemen for the Browns. But it's just when when we've got guys out there who just aren't very good, it doesn't really make a difference. And, you know, Devondre Campbell has been able to cover up for a lot of holes on this defense, but lately it's just it's not been enough, and teams have been going right through us. Uh, let's go. Let's take a couple more fan questions. This episode is running really long, so we might have to cut the can- fan questions a little bit short this week. But um, let me look here. This one from Lambo.Leapers. He says, no one missed you. You know, mentioning about my inactivity over the Christmas holiday weekend. But uh, this one from Reese English. If you could p- pick any former Packer to be on this year's team, who would you pick? Uh, any former Packer? Give me Don Hudson. No, I'm just kidding. Give me uh, probably Reggie White. I mean, he's just... He, it would be really nice having a Reggie White on the defensive line right now, given given the way that they've played over these past few weeks. But, you know, Charles Woodson, he's there too. Maybe Leroy Butler. No, I like our safeties. Yeah, maybe Charles Woodson. I'll take either of those two, Woodson or Reggie. Um, another you one know I- what I would take? 
I was thinking about this. I miss the offensive lines of the twenty, the early 2010s, you know, when we went starting five of Bakhtiari, Josh Sitton, Corey Lindsley, TJ Lang, Brian Balaga. Bro, that is a brick wall. Like, that's a triple layer brick wall. I miss that, dude. I really miss those lines. Yeah, that group was special. I mean, that may be our best offensive line we've ever had. That yeah, at least real. in the at least in like our Super Bowl era, I would say for sure. But I mean, yeah, that is tough. Uh, if we're gonna go offense, I mean, wouldn't hurt to have Jordy in his prime, obviously. Um, to talk about, like you said, the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, maybe it. Oh, J. Mike, Jermichael Finley. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be to nice. have that vertical thread at tight end. That would be something. Okay, let's move on. I've got another question here. Okay, Griff. Bangham Rob asks, where is Jair Alexander going to fit in with our back end defense playing very well? Um, to me, I think he's obviously he's the alpha of that group, like Matt LaFleur, me version of Matt LaFleur said earlier. Um, he's an alpha. So I think he's going to come step right in, play with Rasul and Stokes. Uh, ro- they're going to rotate Rasul and Stokes probably. Uh, or, I mean, I don't think King gets in the picture much, but um, they'll play. Maybe Stokes sits a little bit more. I don't know. It's That's actually, now that I think about it, I don't know what they're going to do because it's, who's maybe they put Jair in the slot and they keep Rasul and Stokes on the outside. Is that a possibility, Griff? That way it keeps our best three out. I mean, yeah. That's the, that's a lot of people have mentioned that, putting Jair in the slot. But the only thing there is that he's so good on the outside that you're kind of losing value there, I think. Well, there's that opportunity to keep him closer to the line of scrimmage where he can, I mean, like from the slot, it's really the star position, right? He can blitz. He can do a little more kind of, you know, stuff closer to the line of scrimmage, use his physicality in the running game a little bit. He's the strongest tackler on our football team. Maybe that'd be valuable where he can do some things a little differently than he's been doing on the outside where he's just on an island. We have guys that can cover pretty well. Like I think Stokes for the large part, has done a great job in coverage. He's really sticky out there. And then Rasul, we know what he's been doing. Not only getting interceptions, but he's playing extremely good coverage each and every week. Maybe they want to flirt with the idea of having Jair as a playmaking option on the middle in the inside kind of area. And um, the ability to move around, look at the quarterback's eyes a little more, and keep things kind of intermediate, short route stuff from the slot. I don't know. Maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it isn't. We'll see. Yeah, that's a possibility. Certainly, I, I'm I'm excited to see because I think I don't know who's been the worst week in week out starter so far this this year. Probably Chandon, maybe Stokes. I mean, it's one of those, of those two. Guys it's it's either of them really too. Elite. Yeah, Rasul's got to stay on the outside because teams love throwing to the outside and he keeps getting picks. So we haven't talked about Rasul yet. Uh, we don't have time to. But he's he. God, dude, he's just. Well, I can't even, how do we not, well, we mentioned the picks, but he had two of them. Yeah. Two of them. Yeah. I mean, when they, when they write the book on the 2021 Packers, he is, he's getting three chapters. Um, Here's a question from Dylan Arceo. He asks, is the defense broken and will they be our downfall in the playoffs? And you have to wonder, Griff, asking that after a game, which not only did we win, but we had four interceptions. I mean, that tells you about this team. We are, we demand perfection. And it's certainly uh, it tells you how important it is to get this defense a little bit back on track in terms of what they're doing from scrimmage. The turnovers are helpful, but there's obviously a lot to clean up, uh, you know, from sideline to sideline. Yeah, I mean, the four interceptions were largely a product of Baker Mayfield being booty cheek. 
because like I said earlier, turnovers are noisy and we have years like 2019 where we get so many. And then we have 2020 where we don't get nearly as many. And then we, we bounce back in 2021 with a bunch of, bunch of picks this year. Thanks to Rasul Douglas in large part. But uh, uh, I think that just a lot of bad things are happening in terms of defensive coaching, defensive coaching, uh, like, a lot of Mike Pettin qualities of guys playing 10 yards off on third and third and seven. Why are guys 10 yards off and they're just able to run short underneath routes and guys can't tackle all of a sudden. We were so good at tackling and Matt LaFleur said this was maybe our worst tackling performance of the year. I mean, those are things that I'm really worried about because we've seen how that went with the Mike Pettin years and it wasn't pretty in the playoffs and those losses, it got really ugly and a lot of our flaws were exploited. So I'm just looking for average defense. And I, I, even with the four picks, I think this, this defense was far below average because dude, they were going up and down the field on us. And if with another quarterback, if you put Kirk cousins on this team, they're probably winning that game. Okay. Griff Tyler, Jack Dawson asks, did you lose some confidence in the team after these last two down to the wire wins. How do you feel about that, Griff? Uh, no, no. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, it's like, because we, oh no, we only beat the Ravens by one point. And then two hours later, we get to watch the Buccaneers lose nine to zero to the New Orleans Saints at home. You know, it's like, it, it, I, it's no team is that elite shutout team every week. You know, there's no by far MVP candidate. There's no by far Super Bowl favorite. It's a lot of teams. It's gonna, These playoffs are going to be fun, man. Every team, the good teams are so close to each other. And I still think that we've played better than any other team in the, in the NFL this season. So no, I'm not too concerned. If this was a year where we have the Chiefs playing out of their minds and the Buccaneers are playing out of their minds, then maybe I'm a little concerned about how we'll fare. But those teams, they have their flaws too. So uh, no, I haven't lost any confidence in terms of this team's Super Bowl chances. I definitely, yeah, I don't feel any different about the way that this team's headed. I mean, we're winning games. It's kind of nitpicking, like, some it's about winning games like these guys they're doing everything they can we're coming we're just to me we're finding so many different ways to win you know we're just getting experience in just about every way like playing some not great football at times but still finding the right play at the right time throughout the game not even just at the end like we've been doing we're making plays throughout the game at the right time that are helping us win the game and I think when it comes down to what we have with Aaron and Devonte, that's not something that's going away. Like that is, we know that's locked up and and that's not going anywhere. Even even if if Aaron has a a bad day or if Devonte has a drop like he had last week and maybe isn't on a hundred percent, like it's it's just so like unstoppable, and it's so it's it's just like a lock. It, it's a lock that they're gonna play well at some point, and, yeah, and they're gonna win the us the game. Yeah, they give us the the minimum quality of play. Yeah, so. I mean, it gives us a chance to win every game is the simplest way to put it. And then the defense has just so many ways to get the job done because at times they've shown – I mean, we've we shut out a football team this year. That's big. We held the Chiefs to 13 points. We've done great things. And then now we're starting to make more turnovers, which is good. But now we have to just get back on track to where we feel we need to get to the point where we are making the turnovers and creating those, but stopping teams and, and making them go three and out. And 
continuing to get sacks and staying sticky in coverage and continuing to stop the run with Devondre Campbell in the middle of the field. We need to marry it all together and just play a little bit better in every phase of the defensive side of the ball. Very well said. I think that about does it for this week's episode. Do you have anything else to add, Ron? No, just, you know, we've got a big one against the Vikings, and uh, it's going to be, uh, if we win this game, it's then we've just got to beat the Lions. Um, and that obviously depends on what the Cowboys do uh, against the Cardinals, which is so. certainly no joke. So yeah. if the Cardinals beat the Cowboys and we beat the Vikings, we can rest our starters week 18, right? That is, like that's a possibility. Well, we will have clinched the one seed, basically. Yes, okay. So, I mean, yeah, the playoff picture right now as it stands, we are sitting as the number one seed. The Cowboys are sitting as the number two seed. We have, If we win out, we don't have to worry about what anybody else does. But if, let's say, we were to lose to the Vikings, we would need the, the Cowboys to lose to either the Cardinals or at the Eagles. And the Eagles are playing good football, and that should be a good game. So... I think they can lose one or both of those games at worst, right? And that's only if we lose a game. So, But the way we're going, the Vikings just lost to the Rams by a touchdown. We're going to go into this one looking to avenge that loss. And uh, I feel good about our chances for sure. It's 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 going to be a big one in NFC North battle. And it's going to be in the freezing, freezing cold. Rodgers will certainly be in that turtleneck this game. And it's going to be a really fun one. It is going to be fun. I can't wait. Sunday night football. That's always, I love the Sunday night games. We haven't played, well, I guess we played the Bears on Sunday night, but before that, we haven't played a primetime game since week eight. So I haven't gotten to sit on my couch and watch a primetime football game with the Packers in it since week eight. So it's going to be fun. Uh, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at All Day Packers and on Twitter. And you can follow Braun on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Today in Town on Twitter. It's at Today Town, no in. And uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, we're probably there. Shoot us a DM. Tell us what you thought of the show. Rate it five stars, please. Share it with your friends, your family, your aunt, your mom. Share it with everyone you know. Tell them to listen to this podcast. It means a ton. Thank you so much. Go Pack Go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.